absorbing me. This is sort of the best. Um, we're going to move this camera just a draw. Okay. Okay. That's the way we're going to leave it. Okay. We're good. So we are talking about, um, we're preparing for Chafei Shvat, and we're talking about Matan Taira. It's a revolution in Matan Taira that really emphasizes the, it's not going, one second. It's not emphasize, that emphasizes the feminine aspect. So we are talking about the feminine aspect of, 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 of Matan Taira. We're in the week of Parshat Yisra, and it's the week of Chafei Shvat, which is the passing of Rebbe Sinchai Mushka. Um, much to say on that. Just to say it in a very short way, um, the Lubavitcher Rebbe says that there are, and we'll leave it, we'll see in the Sichad, the three phases. There are three phases, the unfolding of the Geula, of the redemption from Galus to Geula, from, um, from exile, from the old way to the new way. Do I have to look at the camera, or can I look at the people? <laughs> yeah, it looks good. It looks normal anyway. Okay, if we if we look at the people, so in this process, what we're talking about is um, a threefold process, which we're going to see in a second. A three step three step process in unfolding of the geula, and the last phase is ushered in by a woman. Question is why? Why is it ushered in by a woman? And we'll see in a different part of the Sikha, let's just say it in short, Hashem, God, wants a dwelling place in this world. He wants, you know, so to speak, a, a, a home, an apartment. Who's he going to get to decorate it? The guys? You know, they'll do it very basic, you know. Or the girls, they'll do it with all the frilly, lacy, cozy touches. Oh, guess. You know, guess. And really, and, there, and there's a lot to say about that. So really, when we're thinking about life skills, we're realizing not only, oh, so it's the women and the merit of Jewish women, merit of righteous women, the geula comes, the redemption comes. Not only that, but what aspect of ourselves do we want to be focusing on? What aspect of ourselves, as we transition from Gullah to Gula, from exile to redemption, from the old way to the new way, what aspect of ourselves do we want to be utilizing? The more basic aspect, which is kind of um, corresponding to, you know, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. You know that phrase, just do it. Don't ask questions, just do it. Um, raise your hand if you like hearing that. There's nobody. Even people who lie and say, I love it, you know, you can, you can, you can kind of test them on and say, really? Okay. Just, 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 just finish your tea right now. And they're like, maybe later. Which means if they were two year olds, they would say, no. But since they're 42 year olds, you say, finish your tea right away before it spills. And they'll say, oh, maybe later. Meaning, no. But they want to say it in a, in a politically correct way. So the, the, so the just do it male way, masculine way, it doesn't mean that all men are like that, but the just do it masculine way um, is kind of passe. And the approach of um, whining and dining a person, like, oh, wow, you look, oh, you look amazing. Oh, my goodness, when you drink that tea, I just, you just, you know, it's unbelievable. When you drink that tea, I just see there's some kind of sparkle that goes into your eyes that, you know, there's something about that, you know, 
have more of that tea because you just you somehow look prettier when you drink the tea. Like what? Yeah, well, what? <laughs> right? So that you'll get them to drink the tea. You know, in other words, you have to add you have to add the frilly, lacy, the cozy, the cutesy, wootsy approach. So there's a, there's a lot to be said about that. But the fact is that the Babatra is saying that third phase to usher in the Gula is ushered in by a woman. And specifically whom? Rebson Mushka. The the whole idea of the giving of the Tyra is extremely feminine in a way, or we move to the feminine way because um, let's go backwards in time. Let's imagine there we are at Matan Tyra. And what is Hashem doing? He's revealing his essence to us in the most powerful way. Now, that's very feminine, right? The masculine way is like, okay, what does he want from us? You know, Ten Commandments. All right, Ten Commandments. Well, that's very masculine. The feminine is, but what's his essence really? What does he really feel when he's giving us the tyrant? And what does he want us to feel? Like, I don't know what he wants it. From the masculine aspect, you would say, I don't know. What, what does he want us to feel? I don't know. And from the feminine point of view, From the feminine point of view, what do you think Hashem felt when he gave us the Tyra? Because this is the week of the giving of the Tyra. Because it's, it's a very interesting thing. If he was feeling that he wants to be close to us, what was, the, what was the weird thing about if he was feeling he wanted to be close to us by giving us the Tyra? What, what, what strange you, what do you think? What was strange about, you know, that's a really weird way to show somebody you want to be close to them. What was weird about Matan Tyra? Everybody died ten times. Like, Hashem, if you want to be close, that's a little heavy-handed. Like, could you be a little more, you know? Yeah, and the mountain was held over our head. It, it doesn't seem so sacred or else. It, it, on the other hand, he's revealing his very essence, you know, who he is and his deepest self. And he's revealing his very essence down here in a world it's very resistant. So, in other words, it, it's called Atmos Mahus down here in, in this physical world. Now, the issue is, if you have a baby elephant and every day you give it a bath, we always say it every week, and every day you give it a bath and it keeps growing and so one day you put it in the bathtub and boom, the whole bathtub cracks, then you know, <coughs> you know that, <coughs> excuse me, the vessel for this elephant is no longer appropriate. <laughs> so now you need a better vessel. So the world was not really such a good vessel. When Hashem said, I'm going to I'm going to reveal my very essence, like meaning, you know, who I really am and my deepest self. You know, that kind of girly way of thinking. You know, who are you in your deepest self? The the the, the boyish way is the more masculine energy is so what do you do? You know, you meet somebody at a party, like, what's your name? So what do you do? Oh, I'm an editor of sports magazine. Oh, nice. Very nice. Really. Okay. Very good. That's what you do. That's the masculine piece of you. That's the masculine question. What do you do? You know, what's your name? What do you do? The feminine question is, so what are you all about? What do you feel about things? What's your essence? What are your what is your truth? This is all very girly, feminine sort of things. 
the Pneumius, right? So Pneumius is kind of a more feminine thing. And Chetanius is kind of a more masculine thing. Like, what do you do? I do this. Okay, great. All right. So, you have to caricaturize the, 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 the male aspects, poor guys. So there it is. There is Hashem bringing together these, these two kinds of things. He's, he's, he's revealing his essence. His, what's his essence? Right? He's saying, this is who I really am. Right? And we're like, oh my goodness, that's so heavy. And everybody, <laughs> everybody checks out because it's too intense for them. So, you know what? I, I don't want to make jokes, but I always say that if there's a Shabbos table, I'm seeing if there are any men here. If there's a Shabbos table and the rabbi says to everybody, um, everybody share a Torah thought. So when the men are sharing a Torah thought, the rabbi's listening, oh, very nice, very nice. As soon as any of the women start to speak, all the men fall asleep. <laughs> all the men fall asleep. I was once at a table and it's too essency. It's like it's not their frequency. I was once at a shopping table and the rabbi went all around the table and finally he said to me, do you want to say something? I said, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. He said, no, no, really, say something. And I said, well, all the men are the men are going to fall asleep. It's not, he said, no, no, absolutely not. Just say something. So I said, oh, three minutes, very tired. The rabbi fell asleep. <laughs> the rabbi said, rabbi, you see, he said, no, no, I was, I was, I was just tired. Uh, last night I was, you know, I was very busy, so I, I was just tired. So that means when Hashem revealed his essence, that kind of girly energy, everybody fell asleep. The whole world kind of, <laughs> Everybody checked out. The whole world sort of cracked. It wasn't, it wasn't a vessel for it. So here's the question. That we can understand, right? Nothing, a bird didn't twitter, and everything just stopped. Everything just went into back to nothingness in a way. And every single year, just ten times, every time Hashem said, He said all of the ten, the Aserah boom, everybody passed away. So that's the question. Did he say two? Did he say two and then Maish Rabbeinu said eight? Or did Hashem say ten? Or one. Or one. Right. So there are different opinions. But the, this is what happened. Now, obviously, Hashem did not miscalculate. That's clear. He didn't miscalculate. Like, oops. I thought that they could really handle my Zvartaira. You know, right? It's kind of like, you know, the woman at the shop table. I thought everybody could handle my Dvaritara. I don't know why they all fell asleep. So, right? It's not like Hashem miscalculated and said, yeah, I guess I um, misjudged everybody. He knew what he was doing. So if he knew what he was doing, why did he do it? He knew it would shatter the world. So whatever the reason is, Hashem had to infuse the world with his very essence at that, at, at that moment in time even if it would shatter the world temporarily. Well, it seemed like also that he had a prove almost like, this is from me and the rest will be from Moshe. Okay, you're saying he had to prove that, right. And it, it, it was it's true, it was unequivocal. This is definitely Hashem speaking. You know, it, it, it was, this was, this is not something you can simulate. This is Hashem speaking. And, and whatever, let's say there are probably 5,000 things that Hashem accomplished by revealing the Torah in a way that it, did what it did to us and to the world. I'm sure he has a list of 5,000 things that he accomplished in that. So we know probably two of them. So, you know, in our spare time, in Yemaisi Mashiach, we'll start to learn them all. So here's the question. 
in Yemais Mashiach, we're not going to have another Matan Taira, but he's going to reveal himself again in an even more powerful way. So that presents us with a challenge, which is, oh no. I, so if that time we passed away ten times, so what's going to be in Mashiach time? Keep passing away? Seriously? So then, why did we, why do we always say we want Mashiach now? That's like something, somebody doesn't have it right. It doesn't sound like too much fun. We want Mashiach now so that everybody can just keep crashing. That doesn't seem like any fun at all. So obviously we're not going to crash. Obviously we're going to be able to take that revelation in the most powerful way. Somehow something changed. So if we go back to the muscle with the, the baby elephant in the bathtub, when he's a really tiny baby elephant, a good, strong plastic bathtub works. At some point, you have to get, you eventually have to get a stainless steel, very large bathtub. Very thick stainless steel or, you know, like remember the old bathtubs made out of uh, iron, cast iron. We had one, we had one and, you know, it, it was a job just to take it out and, you know, put it out and I think they put it in a dumpster. It weighs a thousand pounds. So you would have eventually have to get a cast iron bathtub um, for this baby elephant. So eventually, <coughs> if the world wasn't enough a vessel for Hashem revealing his essence to us, you know, that feminine way, then obviously the world needs to get stronger. Great. Well, what do you think we've been doing for 3,300 and some years? Making the vessel of the world stronger. Making the, so to speak, the bathtub, an unbreakable bathtub. Making the vessel for Hashem's life stronger. Which means that if it's that strong, when he reveals himself fully in Yemais Mashiach, will the world break? No. The world's going to be, it's actually going to be nourished by Hashem's revelation. That means serious work on our part. So, hence, the mitzvah, Taranitzvah. So, when we do Taranitzvah, um, the whole thing is coming together. We're strengthening the vessel of the world again and again and again and again and again. Okay. So far, so good. So, in this, there are, we said we were going to talk about the three phases. In this, there are three phases. Let's, let's take it to a simpler example. Imagine that you're talking to your children about taking vitamins. They're, you know, they're all advanced teenagers. So you want them to take vitamins. So they, Ma, please, do me a favor. I really don't want to hear about you and your vitamins. Or, no, even more. You want them to use essential oils. You know, there's a woman now who... I actually have them. <laughs> right? And that, there's a woman who now owns a company called Vibes Up. And she said... Her mother was into, her mother was a hippie and her mother was into essential oils. And, and she used to say, mom, a smell cannot heal somebody. Right? So she just thought the whole thing was woo woo. Eventually she came to the point on her own, she felt like, what do you mean? It's a really great thing. And then she made her own company based on all her little energy products. When you're trying to convince your child to take vitamins. The first phase might be that they're saying, please do me a favor, I really don't want to hear. I, I, okay? I, I, I really don't want to hear. Just, I, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. 
They might say it in a nice, a polite way, like, oh, mom, I would love to hear, but um, I actually have an appointment now. And every time you talk about vitamins, they have meaning. I don't want to hear. The second phase would be eventually they get to the point where they say, okay, and they're willing to listen. They don't stop you anymore. They're like, oh, okay, nice. Oh, thank you. Wow. You really, you really believe in essential oils. That's so nice, mom. I'm really happy for you. Wow, that's beautiful. The third phase would be what? That they come to you and say, you know, mom, I discovered this amazing thing that's called essential oils, and it does such incredible things. You should try them. And you think, oh, <laughs> meaning the third phase is they start to, they now what you tried to teach them. Now it's theirs. They actually believe it. They they discovered it. And they really walk in sync with what you're saying. So if that's the case, there are three phases in the world. Remember from Matan Tiger, there are three phases in the world. The first phase is, which was most of Jewish history, when we said, hi, we're Jewish. We're here to tell you about truth and what God wants of you. And they said, stand there, I'll chop off your head, God forbid. Right? That's what they said. The Romans, the Greeks, the Persians. Let's get rid of you guys. We're trying to eat, drink, and be merry. And you're trying to talk to us about what God wants in truth? No. No way, Jose. No, absolutely not. So we had a whole phase in which they simply didn't want, the world didn't want to hear truth. I mean, it looks like it now, too, but this is the micro phase. And then eventually, we come to, we came to the phase where the world was willing um, to, to hear. In other words, all those countries, you couldn't keep mitzvahs anywhere for almost all of history. They, these nations would pop up and say, if you do mitzvahs, then, you know, it's over, God forbid. Leave our country or leave the world. Expulsion. Expulsion. And then eventually the world, we came to a point where the world said, fine, do your thing. Do your thing. You want to, you want to do mitzvahs? Okay, no problem. And then eventually the world came to a point where it said, you know, there's this, there, there, there's this thing called truth and what the divine presence and the universe wants of you and all that other stuff. And you should really look into it <laughs> as if they thought of it, as if they, they, they made it up themselves, which means the world starts to walk in sync with what Tyra is saying. But that's the severe that's, parallelism that like, mm-hmm. things from Right. So they have to do it in their way, though. Yeah. Right? They don't, they, they, unless we inspire them with the Shevanitsas, and then they can do it the real way. But they have to feel like in their own way, on their own terms, right. they thought of it themselves. This lady who created the Vibes Up product, she doesn't really promote essential oils, but she has her own, you know, did we miss our video? Well, Okay, so these three phases, let's give them numbers. The world is made out of, you know, how many fingers? Ten. Ten toes, decimal system. The world is denoted entire by the number ten. That means when Hashem revealed his essence in the world, as Mazen so the world, we give it the number ten. Now, his essence, what number would we give his, his essence? Obviously not 10. 1 or, in this case, 11. It's called Antuchad de Something higher than the world. His very essence is higher than the world. It's the oneness 
above the world. It's noted by the number 11. So that means when he was revealing the Torah, he was bringing 11 into 10. Right. Yeah. Or it's a form of one. Right. Doubling of one. Yeah. Doubling of one. So he was bringing 11 into 10 at Mat and Torah, at the giving of the Torah. It didn't work so well. I mean, it worked from his point of view, but it was it was tough for the world. There came a moment in history when we essentially did enough work on the vessel of the world, if this world is the number 10, and the world wasn't strong enough to accept godliness, there did come a moment in history where the world was now finally strong enough. Now, that day would have a number obviously connected to 10. So what day was that? When the Rebbe Rayat declared, world, the world is strong enough. We finished the vessel. The vessel is good enough at this point. That was the 10th day of the 11th month, 5710. Yud Shvat. Yud Shvat. Yud Shvat. The Rebbe told, no, the Rebbe told us that the three things, actually you're right, the Rebbe Rayat didn't tell us. The, the Rebbe told us that there are three phases in that uh, Avaida. The Rebbe said, so the Avaida to complete making the world a vessel so that Hashem could reveal his essence ended on the 10th day of the, day of the month of Shvat, 57, year 5710, 1950. Now, once you have a vessel that's strong enough that it can finally take so much light, what should you do with it the next day? Fill it up. So what are you going to fill it up with? The light that didn't fit before. The light that kept crashing it, but now it's strong enough that it's not going to crash it. Well, then fill it up with the light. Start to fill up it up with the light. So the next day will be the Avaita of 11. Because now the focus is not so much the vessel of the world, but the light of Hashem's essence when he said, I am God, your God. That light denoted by the number 11, however you do 11, 11, that starts to come down into the world. And that is um, Yud Alushvat, the 11th day of the 11th month of 5710. And then when the Rebbe accepted the leadership was 5711. There we go, 11. Well, well was, there, was there a significance to 11, 11, 11? 11. Yeah, 11, 11, 11 is all of, you know, that, that now the focus is not so much on strengthening the world, but the light of Hashem is now coming down into the world, and it works. That's it. That's the 11th of Shvat, 57, 11. That's the day that the Rebbe accepted official, well, Yud Shvat, or the day after he officially began his, the, 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 what's called the Darashri, the seventh, the seventh generation, which is a radical generation, which is radically different from any other time in history. Okay, now, so we said, remember, your child doesn't want to take vitamins. They say no. So you have to work on them to accept it. That, that, when the world said no to godliness and to truth, that was all the years up until Yud Shvat, up until the 10th day of Shvat, 5710. The world said no. The next day, beginning the seventh generation, the world said, okay, let the light of Hashem come into the world. We're not going to, we're not going to fight it so much. You only had one place left in all of the world where you couldn't do mitzvahs, and that was communist Russia. And everywhere else you... you um, 
they were no 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 in in those places people weren't punished for doing misses they just they didn't like Jews in places like Iran they didn't like Jews but they didn't say if if we find a Jew and he's doing a mitzvah it's it's a greater punishment than if we just, we just don't we don't like the people. They didn't like the people who did like Russia was like illegal. In, in Russia, it was illegal. If you said, I'm a chassid of the Rebbe, or if you said, I'm keeping a mitzvah, they said, okay, great. Do you want the firing squad, or do you want to go straight to Siberia? You know, you have two choices. I don't think we're not liberal over here. We give choices. You know, go to live in Siberia, or or in torture, or etc. Meaning, no Torah here. That was the only place left. And that also came to an end after 70 years. But essentially the world now, starting Yod Alushvat is the number 11, is, is saying, okay, to godliness. Then there comes a phase in life where the world, the world is acting 11-ish. From above it's 11, Hashem is sending his light. And the world is saying, it's sending its own kind of light from below. And that's when we say, you know, all of those, all of, you know, the law of attraction and all of that stuff where the world is saying, um, you know, we have our own truth and the world is starting to reflect the same thing. So this phase began, it's 11 from above and 11 from below. So that phase is Chafei Shvan. 11 the the 22nd day of the month of Shvat, of the 11th month. And that is the day of the passing of Rebbe Mushka, the Malka of the Melech, the queen of, you know, the king. And so it's a very powerful day. So now we understand when it happened. And what happened? On the day of her passing, it, usher, it began to usher in a phase in which the world is saying, we agree with truth somewhat, and we have our own truth, and, you know, we, we also own truth, and we're going to meet you halfway. You know, we'll match you. We'll match you. you God, you have truth. We also have our own version of truth. And, and they sort of began to the world began to be interested in at least the pseudo-truth. Because for much of history, think about it, um, where, where were the, there, I guess it was, the, oh, the Roman Empire. They weren't interested in truth. Maybe you want to say the Greeks were, had a certain philosophy. But the Roman Empire, please excuse me for saying it, but they had vomitorians. Please excuse me for bringing, what does that mean? They would have these drunken, let's call them parties, where people, let's say, ate a lot and drank a lot, et cetera, et cetera. And then in between, they wanted to continue eating, drinking, and all that other stuff. So they would go, excuse me for bringing it up to the vomitorium, and they would empty their stomachs and come back and start all over again because their life was about eat, drink, and be merry and conquer the world. Conquer the world with what? With eat, drink, and be merry energy. Let's get the whole world to party in an immoral way. But when we're talking about 57, yeah, what did he bring? Right, right, right. That's true. Right. So they they brought their own religion. Yes, true. So, I, but essentially, we're saying that in the year um, 
the world really was moving in a direction of we also believe in truth. That's when you see that most of the alternative healing really came into the world. If you track it, you just Google it. And you, you know, when did all of these, all of these modalities of healing, and not only that, all of these modalities of the law of attraction and, and all of that and tracking abundance and getting rid of all your blocks and all of that stuff, when did it mostly shift? It was after 1988. When did the big businesses that, that sell all of the alternative healing equipment um, open their doors, you know, and, and open their headquarters? After 1988. And then even more specifically, a lot in the, in the 90s, after 1991, et cetera. So it's a, pro, it's a profound thing. And essentially, it's all about this whole third phase having been ushered in by a woman. So it's almost like, it's almost like the technology aspect, you know, aspect corresponding with Hasidism and the influence of the Hasidism or the technology phase, you know? Right. Right, interesting. I learned that it corresponds, like the technology, uh, well, first it was the Industrial Revolution, and that was right at the time of the Balshanto. Right. And then it kept expanding as Hasidicus, then it so did these technological advances. You know? So then we could say that the technology is the number 10, is the vessel of the world. Yeah, and it's and interesting how yeah. you, you compare the parallels 